All right, guys, let's get it. It's the San Francisco 49ers morning show. We got a few topics on the docket today. Odell Beckham, he's disgruntled out there in Cleveland. Can the 49ers kind of cheer him up and fix his attitude? Uh, and Trey Lance, Trey Sermon, and Banks. Were they drafted for a different scheme? We're going to get into all that and more. So keep it locked right here at San Francisco 49ers morning show. Let's go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. I'm your host, former NFL and NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And as always, man, make sure you guys hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Make sure, if you haven't already, listen to Locked On 49ers. Myself, Brian Peacock, we had a crossover episode with the Arizona Cardinals, guys, and I think you guys will be happy this time because the first time we had the crossover episode uh, before the, you know, the previous game, they were a little chippy, and a lot of our 49er listeners were like, hold on, man, like, those guys, they were, you know, they were kind of being a certain type of way, so I, I went out of my way this time to make sure that I, you know, I pushed that issue a little bit, so uh, Locked On 49ers crossover episode with the Arizona Cardinals host. Make sure you guys go listen to that. Also, uh, Locked On NFL Draft, listen to that. Uh, it's always draft season, baby. It's always draft season. You got myself. You got Rob Rang. He's been covering the draft for years. Uh, you got my guy Ryan Tracy. He's been covering the draft. So, Locked On NFL Draft, we touched on some really good stuff in last night's show. So, make sure you guys go listen to that episode. It's also on YouTube as well. All right. But we're here to talk about some 49ers football. We got Underdog Fantasy. There's a game tonight, Jets, Colts. You guys know I'm going to be locked in on Underdog Fantasy, getting in, getting active. I'm already up. In the last couple of weeks, I'm up about uh, 350 bucks, about $350 in the last two weeks I'm up. So, you know, a lot of over-under props, things like that. They got some uh, one-day, one, one one-game fantasy stuff you can do too. But, man, I'm all in on the props, the over-unders, all that good stuff. So make sure you guys, if you haven't already, Underdog Fantasy, download the app. And use promo code Crocky. They'll throw an additional ten dollars into your account. I actually think they're still matching whatever you deposit with. So, man, I mean Odell Beckham. That's what everybody wants to know about, right? And dang, I forgot to go to my YouTube. And uh, that's what everybody wants to know about. So, is Odell Beckham a good fit for the 49ers? And I would say it's a little interesting because obviously. You have somewhat of the same offense that uh, Shefansky. I'm sorry for butchering his name. The head coach from uh, the Cleveland Browns, he previously was with the Minnesota Vikings, who also had Kubiak. And for those of you who I'm pretty sure you guys know, Kyle Shanahan, I know we look at it, the Shanahan, uh, the Shanahan offense and things like that, but I really think a lot of what was going on or that's going on with that with that offense has to do with Kubiak and what he's done for Kyle Shanahan and Shanahan kind of coming up under Kubiak. Now, obviously, when your dad is Mike Shanahan, of course, you you learn a lot of football from him. But Kubiak, I think he has some of those same principles, and it's probably good for Kyle Shanahan to learn a little bit more from somebody else. So I think Kubiak was really big for Kyle Shanahan in the development of him as a play caller. Well, Kubiak uh, Shafansky, I hope I'm saying his name right. The coach that's the for the Broncos. 
I mean the Browns, excuse me. Same same type of offense, right? They they lean on Chubb, they lean on uh why am I butchering the uh the running back from Kansas City that kicked the girl? <laughs> That's a bad way to remember somebody, but you know what I'm talking about, number 20, 27, I believe. But um the two running backs that they have, terrific duo, they lean on those guys, and then there's a lot of play action stuff. So in the mix, you have Odell Beckham who has kind of gotten lost in the shuffle. And I and I heard some stats, and I kind of looked it up, did a little bit of fact-checking, and it's actually correct. So Odell Beckham hasn't had a double-digit target game since week one of last season. Now, for context, he did miss most of last season. He only played seven games. Started seven games um, and missed, what, nine games last year? So that could have something to do with it. Also, Odell Beckham only has seven touchdown catches since joining the Browns. Now. That's not Odell Beckham. Kareem Hunt. Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. I know I'm butchering his name. I, I don't know how I forgot like what his name was. Too many hits to the head. That helmet. That's why they, they change helmets. They don't they don't wear this. A lot of guys don't wear this one anymore. But I'm all I'm shut gang till I die. So uh Odell Beckham, man, his production has gone down drastically. And and I think, you know, most people would think, well, is he just not as good of a player? And I would say. I don't think that's the case. I think Odell Beckham is still good. I think he's his production is down because of his usage. And I think that's what his frustration is. You know, when you are a guy, and Odell Beckham, I'll say this. For everything that they've said so far, and I get it. Everybody's like, Odell, toxic, diva, all this, that, and the other. Odell, when you listen to the, the Browns players or coaches, he has not been an issue. All right, I'm going to repeat. Odell Beckham has not been an issue. And what I mean by that, like his character or his, you know, if he's disgruntled and all that, like he hasn't shown that to the players. He's shown up and just did whatever he had to do. Now, clearly, <laughs> he's telling his dad, and as you guys would, right, think about it like this. If 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 you have issues, if you're having issues and you're and you're not happy about something, but you don't want to make a big deal out of it, what do you do, right? You, do you go to your your people? And maybe he went to them before, but it sounds like he's going to his pops. And his dad didn't get those cut-ups, no type of way. And his dad put that out. But I think Odell, for all the kind of diva and things like that, it sounds like he almost went about it the right, the right way. But he's trying to get up out of there. He's frustrated. He's upset. And we've seen this before, right? Stephon Diggs. I don't know how y'all feel about Stephon Diggs. Would you guys want Stephon Diggs on the 49ers right now? Stephon Diggs was unhappy with Cousins as his quarterback and demanded a trade and played out the rest of the year, then ultimately in the offseason got traded. You guys view Stephon Diggs the same way that you that you view Odell Beckham. You know? One second, y'all. I'm sorry, typing in these. Uh... I'm supposed to be into this. That's good for now. So, do you guys view uh, Stefan Diggs same way you view Odell Beckham? Odell has missed. He has missed multiple games. He's missed a lot of games. All right, and I and I think if we want to say like you know what's kind of the issue with him is that uh, he's had he actually hasn't missed as many games as I kind of thought he would miss. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. Uh, he played obviously the majority of his first three years with New York, 
in the fourth year, looks like he got injured early. He only played four games. And then the next year, he missed four games. And then it wasn't until last year where he missed a lot of games. So he, he's had a few seasons where he's missed a bulk of, really two two seasons where he's missed a bulk of the season. And one season where, you know, he missed four games. But aside from that, he's pretty active, but still kind of young in his career. And, I mean, you just see his production just dwindling down, dwindling down. And even somehow, 2019, he was a 1,000-yard receiver and really not getting the targets, I think, that he wants, right? You look at his biggest year in New York, 158 targets. He had, you know, 20 less than that with the Cleveland Browns in his biggest year there, and his yards per catch was down a little bit. So clearly they're not targeting Odell Beckham the right way, and he's upset. Would he be a fit with the 49ers? I, I think, actually, you know, when you look into that, I think he's a fit, yes. He, he's a fit, of course. He's he's an extremely talented player. But I think he'd be upset with the usage just as much because the 49ers, in theory, aren't going to target multiple guys at a high rate. So if I'm Odell Beckham, especially with what's going on with the Saints, and it looks like Michael Thomas is out for the year. I don't know what's going on with Michael Thomas. But it looks like Michael Thomas is out for the year. I think uh, that's an, that's that's where I would go if I'm Odell Beckham. Now, the issue with the Saints now is there ain't no Jameis Winston. So who's going to air that hole out? I I don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, you got, what is it, who is it, Simeon? Is it Trevor Simeon? Is that his name? Uh, the quarterback that they have right now over there in New Orleans. So I don't even know if that's a good fit for him. What's up, Croc? Those locked on Cardinals guys. <laughs> nah, man, they're cool, man. They just have fun. You know, it's a divisional rival. So they, you know, they turn up the heat. But uh, Odell Beckham to the 49ers, obviously, as someone who, I mean, he was my favorite player for years. Where I'm like, man, Odell Beckham, like, that's my favorite player. Like, I would rush home to watch Odell Beckham. As an adult, I'm older than the guy. But as an adult, it's like, oh, Odell's playing? I'm going to go watch him because I love the way he plays. I love the passion he plays with. I think some of these guys that play with a lot of passion like that, um, Odell Beckham, Dez Bryant, uh, Terrell Owens, a lot of times it comes off as, like, me, me, me. But really, if you guys, I don't know, how many of you guys have ever been, like, just around someone that is, like, an ultra-competitive person, like, ultra-competitive? And if you ever see an ultra-competitive person in a situation where they feel kind of helpless, their emotions can kind of get the best of them. And I think that's what goes on with Odell. That's what went on with Tara Owens. That went on with, with Des Bryant, where in a situation where they feel like, hey, like, I, I can help. You know, I, I, I can help this. I can help this situation. And when we're losing, then you guys aren't utilizing me. Like, use me. Use me. And when you're not, those type of guys, like, they have an issue with that if you're not using them and they're losing. Now, with Odell right now and his usage with Cleveland Browns, that's a little different because they're not, like, losing. But I don't know. Interesting situation. I don't know how he fits. Now, I do see the question about uh, – or we got Richard saying he would rather have – where is it, D-Jack? Where did I see it at? I saw it somewhere. Or maybe that was it. He said he would rather take a fly flyer on D-Jack. So, obviously, D-Jack, that's Deshaun Jackson. And you look at the situations, all right, you got Odell Beckham, disgruntled. You got Deshaun Jackson, disgruntled. Which one would fit? Ultimately, 
they both have the same issue. They want the ball more. And both of them are coming from situations where the teams aren't really losing. I feel like Kyle Shanahan is a guy, we've talked about it. Is Kyle Shanahan a guy who takes advantage of the weaknesses in the secondary? I feel like that hasn't been his thing. Like Kyle wants to run the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball, and then do his stuff off of that. And it's the scheme that creates the shot plays. It's the, it's the scheme that kind of opens up things. But he doesn't take me as a coach that just says, oh, man, well, we have Odell Beckham. I'm just going to do all these things to, you know, run a curl route, run a go route, and we're just going to forget my scheme. We're just going to stretch the field. We're going to throw the ball to you down the field. Everything is predicated off of his scheme. And if you don't get the targets within that scheme, you know, if it doesn't, if it's not like technically like dialed up for you, the shot play, the scheme play, then you're not going to get a high volume of targets. All right. And, and, and that's, that's kind of the issue with Kyle Shanahan's offense. So I, I do feel like Deshaun Jackson, he'd be great. At 30, was he 34, 35 years old? We graduated the same class in high school. He's still playing somehow. Um, he's still flying. He's averaging 27 yards per catch right now. Uh, he has, what, over 200, 300 yards or whatever it is. Like, he doesn't have a ton of catches. And that's his issue. Like, man, like, utilize me. I want to help. And sometimes, you know, the guys, they let that get in their way. Like, oh, from the team perspective, it's like, man, you got to put that pride aside a little bit and just whatever your usage is, just write it out and you can write it out. And maybe at some point you'll end up making a big play in the Super Bowl. And that's the goal, right? But uh, both of those guys, very disgruntled. I think they both fit. You know, whether it's Deshaun Jackson, whether it's OBJ, that they are good football players. Even Deshaun Jackson at this age in his career, still a really good football player, still can fly. Odell Beckham, still whooping guys. Don't get it twisted. He's still cooking guys. He's still getting open. He's still a baller, but he's just not getting the rock. I think I saw something, and let me fact check it. I think I saw something that said he had one target last game. So if you if you want to make Odell Beckham upset, I'm pretty sure that's the way to do it. I think I saw something that said he had one target last game. I can't look at, let me see if I could look at. Uh... So against the Steelers, I don't see his targets, but he had one catch for six yards. And I saw that one catch and it was a screen. So if you're wondering why is Odell Beckham disgruntled, why is he unhappy? Why is he feeling the way he is? I I don't think in, there's no scenario where Odell Beckham should have one target, one catch for six yards. There's no scenario. He is too good for that. Now, I'm not saying it should get to the point where he's, you know, forcing his way out from the team. But, yeah, at no at no point should you only target Odell Beckham one time for six yards. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. But, again, Odell Beckham, man, uh, obviously I would love to have him on 49er fan, but I don't think he does it because I don't think his usage – is that much better with the 49ers as it is with Cleveland. Now, I could be wrong because the 49ers, they've surprised me before by me thinking that something wouldn't be, you know, what I thought, and then all of a sudden they go a totally different direction, and we've seen them do that. They figure out different ways to get the ball into Debo Samuel's hands. That is for sure. Can you split up some of those touches with Debo and another guy like Odell? Also, what would that do for Brandon Ayuk? Right, that would cut into his usage, and we're trying to develop him into having our own Odell Beckham. He's not Odell, but you know, having our own guy that gives us that type of protection. 
not getting that. And then obviously you have George Kittle. It looks like he's coming back this week. So uh, would love to have Odell Beckham. I think he's a, a highly motivated, um, highly competitive person that, you know, he demands the rock and you are going to be better for getting him the rock. But he's going to be upset if there's a game where he gets one target, one catch, six yards, and they lose. He is not going to be happy about that. And that just is what it is. And I would hope that all of you that feel like you do something at a very high level and feel like you can contribute to a company or business that you work for, I feel like you would be, if if, if you're bringing to the table like, hey, man, I have all these great ideas, you know, for our business. I feel like these these ideas can take this business over the top. And they're like, nah, 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 we're not going to do it. But, st- but you're just watching the business like, kind of sink at that time. You're like, man, what the heck? Like everything's going down. Stock's going down in this business, but I have these great ideas and you're not utilizing them. I'm going to go take my talent somewhere else where they'll utilize them. Isn't that not how you would react? Or would you just be like, nah, forget it. I don't know, man. I don't know. But would love Odell Beckham. Uh, Would love Deshaun Jackson. But I don't think their usage would go up being with the 49ers. All right, if you guys haven't already, we've got over 100 people in here. Make sure you hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. If I'm not mistaken, I've heard that 62% of the people watching this video are not subscribers. So right now, go subscribe and hit the like button as well. This is also now on the podcast uh, platform. So anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find this as well. We start off a little choppy this morning because I forgot to put my little... Uh, tags in the YouTube. So I'm like doing that while trying to talk about Odell, but I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I only had two main targets and then uh, topics. And then I wanted to bring you guys on. So someone brought this to my idea last night and you know what? I don't want to say someone. I want to actually say like who it was. Hold on one second, guys. Let me find out exactly who that was because I don't want to, I don't want to say like, you know, all right. I believe it's Ronnie, Ronnie Ochoa. Let me see. Yeah, it's Ronnie Ochoa. So he said, uh, got Ronnie Ochoa on Twitter. He said, seems like the Sermon and Banks pick were tailor-made for the transition into in the offense once Lance takes over. A lot of fans are prejudging the picks before we see what they can do. All right. Now, what does he mean by that? What does he mean by uh, you know, Sermon and Banks pick were tailor-made for the transition in the offense? Right? And what I think about that is. It's where those guys drafted for a more power scheme, right? Because I've talked about it. And if you guys listen to Locked On 49ers, which I'm pretty sure a lot of you do, except for the Odell Bell guy. He's probably a, a Cleveland Browns fan. But I'm pretty sure a lot of you, you know, listen and heard me talk about Aaron Banks. And when I'm watching Aaron Banks, I'm like, that's a that's a power scheme guy, right? Like Aaron Banks is a guy that the Pittsburgh Steelers would draft, you know, like in the stretch zone uh, movement type stuff that they were going to ask him to do. Like, he didn't do that stuff well at Notre Dame. And it's crazy because they were telling us that, he, yeah, he's a bigger guy because he's when you just look at his height, weight, and all that, he's much bigger than what the 49ers have had. But they're like, no, but he's super athletic. And I'm watching the film, and I'm like, maybe I'm watching the wrong film, and I've watched about four games, but this was not a guy that showed any high level of athleticism. Uh, when he was asked to pull, he would pull – most of the time, if he didn't reach where he was trying to get to, he would just, like, fall on the ground. It was really weird. Like, and I was like, what do they like about him? Now, I would say this. Power, if a guy is right in front of him, 
and he has to block the guy in front of him, oh, man, I mean, he was, boom, he was a big wall, and it was easy for him. So you could see his fit in a power offense, right, a power scheme, being able to just blow the guy off the ball that's right in front of him. But anytime he's asked to move, and I just watched some clips of uh, Elijah Mitchell, and Elijah Mitchell, everybody's moving, right? It's like you got one guy, he's moving on a reach block. You got another guy, you got uh, the Dancing Bear and and uh, Williams, Trent Williams, getting out on the edge. You got Brandon Ayuk blocking 20 yards downfield. I love it, I love it, I love it. It looked pretty. When the 49ers do it right, it's beautiful. But uh, you're watching how these offensive linemen have to move, how they have to play in space, and then you watch Banks, and you're like, that ain't Banks. Banks is a, okay, this is the guy right here. Boom, I'm firing off, I'm getting him. Okay, okay, you're not going to do a stunt? Great, you play right into my hands? Boom, not getting around me, I'm a big-ass wall. And then you see Trey Sermon, and I think a lot of people are thinking like, oh, Trey Sermon, he runs with a little a little too much patience, right? Like Trey Sermon, you're running with a little bit too much patience, a little bit bouncing around. Who's that remind you of? Kind of a Le'Veon Bill. Now, I'm not saying he's Le'Veon Bill, but just kind of that like, you know, trying to pick and choose when, when it's like, no, you, this is one cut offense. You got to put that foot in the ground and go. And he's not doing that, right? So Ochoa over here had a great question, Ronnie Ochoa. And he's like, is this, was this supposed to be more of a power scheme offense with Trey Lance? And we've seen Trey Lance. If you notice, what game was it? Was it Arizona? Was it Arizona when he ran in the two point? No, it was preseason. When was it? Anyways, I don't remember exactly when it was. I believe it was preseason where he took the uh, like read option and he went straight up the middle or whatever. And that's more power stuff, right? And I really feel like maybe they drafted Trey Sermon. Maybe they drafted Banks to play in a different style of the offense, a more power scheme. And definitely they're not, they're not, they're not doing that. So that's just something to think about. Lance, Sermon, Banks. Does Lance determine the does Lance determine the faith of Sermon and Banks? I think that's a possibility. Because right now it's not making sense. <laughs> Here we go. We got uh, Big C's. Sermon dancing in the backfield like Kevin Barlow. I think, I think the I think the sermon dancing is a little exaggerated, but it's not one cut like we see from Elijah Mitchell. Now, again, it comes back to was Sermon drafted to fit a different style of play calling? Was Sermon drafted to run in more of a power scheme where he can be a little bit more patient and picking his holes? But we're not getting that with we're not getting that with uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo under center. It's still more the outside zone stuff. Now, maybe that's not right because at the end of the day, when the 49ers played against the Arizona Cardinals, who was the running back? It was Elijah Mitchell. He got all the carries. Well, he only got nine carries. Should have gotten more. But it was Elijah Mitchell. And Trey Sermon was out there. He had one catch for seven yards. So, I mean, one carry. Yeah, one carry, seven yards. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm trying to make sense of this. You know, why would you trade up for a back, you know, and, and not use him? And we've talked about this. I, I want to say we talked about it just the other day. So why was Mitchell drafted? Change of pace? See, that's the thing. And then it's like, well, why was Mitchell drafted? So, I don't know. We talked about this the other day. The 49ers, they do some weird stuff when it comes to the running back position. And they've always done real stuff. It's like they, they overvalue the position because it, it almost feels like they think that they're supposed to value the running back position more than they actually do. So they want to prove to everybody like, 
oh yeah, like no, see, look, we 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 do go out and we do spend money on backs and we do spend high draft capital on running backs, but then we don't even use them. Jared McKinnon, they did use Tevin Coleman, but even then it was like Tevin Coleman was like the back, but it was like, oh, this guy, uh, uh, Raheem Mostert, he's better than he's better than Tevin Coleman, right? And I think that was clear for everybody to see. So. Yeah, man, it's it's odd with how they do the running back position. Again, we talked about what they did in the first draft. They had to have uh, Joe Williams. who they end up using? Matt Breda, right? Uh, they also, in that same draft, they traded a fourth-round pick for Cabri Bibbs. I'll never understand that, a guy who did not make the team or anything like that. So you used two fourth-round picks on two running backs that did not play a snap for you in one draft. Then you went out and you paid Jared McKinnon a lot of money. You paid Coleman good money when those guys weren't even the ones that really got a bulk of their carries during that time. So I'll never understand. And then again, they went out and they traded up to get Trey Sermon and they don't even use him at all. It's like, they don't even want to run the ball with him. They're like, nah, Elijah Mitchell, we're going to get you. You know, you were a six round pick. Uh, Jamichael hasty undrafted. I'm going to use you guys. Jeff Wilson, when he comes back, we're using you undrafted. Like, you 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 guys like look at your philosophy and look at how the results are. That those are the things that make me think like ah how well ran of an organization is the 49ers because it's it feels like common sense to see the production that you're getting out of the guys that were either low round or not drafted at all, but you still continue to spend you know good assets on these running backs that you're not even using again. Tevin Coleman, they, they used him that first year, but Tevin Coleman, Jared McKinnon, uh, Trey Sermon. I don't know. I don't know. But the guys that have produced the most or produced a lot and look like, oh, man, they can be a guy. Matthew Breda, Matt Breda, undrafted. Elijah Mitchell, late-round pick. Jeff Wilson. Jermichael Hasty. You guys make it make sense. All right, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to open up everything. You guys feel free. Come on. Talk about it. If you want to talk about Odell Beckham and your thoughts on him, if you want to talk about uh, the lack of usage with Trace uh, with uh, Sermon, Banks, was it supposed to be a power scheme? But even then, does that make sense for Elijah Mitchell? Maybe Elijah Mitchell is a little bit more universal. I ain't sure, man. But I, I want you guys to come on. Make it make sense to Crocky. All right. So my dog Abel up in here. Uh, why not find someone who is an every down running back like Gore was? You think Mitchell was a running back like that, or that might be too much wear and tear on him? They're using them like that. I mean, you look at these games, I think last game, Jamichael Hasty had like one one carry. So they're definitely using Elijah Mitchell. Like he is their every down back. And, you know, obviously, like, you know, he's improving each week, even with, you know, with his vision. I hear that said a lot. And I hate like kind of going with a certain narrative, but I do see him improving as a runner each week. Uh, you know, he, he runs hard. He's, you know, he's quick. He's showing now definitely that he has elusiveness where I remember before I was thinking he was more of a, just hold on guys. Gotta take this call. Oh no. I'll take it later. All right. I remember before thinking like, uh, he's more of a, uh, just one cut downhill, not really going to make moves, but nah, man, he's making moves. He's getting shifty. He's making guys miss. He's doing a really good job of doing all that. So, um, I don't know, man. I don't know. But yeah, I think Elijah Mitchell, 
every down back. That's one thing. All right, here we go. Got some callers coming on. First up, got our guy Matt. All right, here we go. What's good, Matt? How you doing, man? What up, man? Just just got to work, man. Just chilling, man. What's going on with you, man? I'm good. What, what do you think about the whole Odell Beckham thing? Do you think he'd be a fit for the 49ers? I mean, I think obviously he's a fit. He's a talented receiver. But do you think his targets will go up as opposed to what he's getting in Cleveland? Um, nah, honestly, um, we got Debo. He's young. He We drafted him. He's homegrown. We drafted IU last year. And he's very talented, and I'm looking forward to seeing the future. Odell, to me, has lost a step since that ACL injury. I live out here in Cleveland, Ohio, and, you know, a lot of people out here, you know, it's mixed, you know, about the uh, what they think about Odell. But me personally, uh, he's still a playmaker. He could help us, of course. He's a, he's, a, he's a body, you know, he's a playmaker. But honestly, I don't think we should go after Odell. We got Debo. Debo's better than Odell right now. Uh, Ayuk has really good potential. He could be a, a, a good number two. We got Jawan Jennings. We got young. We got real good young receivers. I'm cool with what we have. I don't want Odell. He could stay where he's at or go somewhere else, in my opinion. And then, what do you what do you think about the conversation with? Uh, you know, our guys, the running back position with Trey Sermon, how the 49ers have valued the running back position. Do you think that there's a scenario where, you know, Trey Sermon was drafted to maybe fit in a more power scheme with Aaron Banks, or do you think they're just kind of getting it wrong with, or they just got it wrong potentially with those two guys, at least yeah. early on? Yeah, I agree. They they got them. They they got it wrong, and and they, and you can't keep making these mistakes. You did it with with the Joe Williams and the Capri Bibbs. Both of those guys didn't play. And then, you know, you, you gave Te Tevin Coleman all that money. He was basically a scat back for us. And then you paid Jarek McKinnon all that money. He was hurt <laughs> damn near his whole contract until his la the last year of the contract where we had to extend him just to get him back on the field. And when we did that, gave him the extra money, he still couldn't play uh, full time. He wasn't even fast anymore. He had lost a step. Um, my opinion, like, we do spend a lot of assets on guys that just – are either injured, we know they injured, and it's like it don't make no sense, or they just don't make an impact at all. Like yeah, right. Solomon Thomas, all these guys, like, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm not even going to throw McGlinchey in there because he's an average starter, above average. So, I mean, you get what you pay for with him. But with um, with all the with all these other picks that we busted on, as far as like Dante Pettis and a receiver and – like I don't, I don't want to try to keep investing into this receiver position, and we're only we're not really seeing, and we need other positions on defense, like secondary corners. Like both our safeties are out. That's what I'm really concerned about. Ward and Tart being out, and I want to see us take a safety, another safety in the draft because Hufunga, he's a run support safety. He's not a coverage type of safety. I want us to get a coverage type of safety that can take over for Tart. You see what I'm saying, bro? Yeah. So what do you, yeah. uh, real quick, and, and this will be the uh, the last thing I'll get to the next caller. With you being out in Cleveland and really being close to the situation with Odell Beckham, to to you guys out there in Cleveland that are definitely closer to the situation, does he come off as like a diva to you guys? Well, he was a diva at first. I see that he's changed. I, me personally, I, I think he's had like a little transformation 
I don't think he's the same Odell. Of course, you know, any receiver has type of diva. You have to have that confidence. You got that personality. But honestly, I don't think Odell's the same, man. I think he has changed a lot, you know, and he's just as a victim of, you know, his reputation that he has. So, I, like I said, I, I, I do think he's a different person, but I don't think he's the same player. I think he's lost a, a step or two. All right, man. Dang, Matt, I appreciate you coming on, bro. All right, no problem, man. Take it easy. Have a good weekend, man. All right, you too. You too. Yes, sir. All right, here we go. Getting to the next caller. Here we go. We got TG49er. What's up, man? How you doing? Hey, Croc. What's going on, man? How you doing, man? Nice talk to you. Oh, good. Follow you since Strike and Gold, man. Oh, that's love right there. Hold on, man. I gotta, I gotta match you because uh, I like, I like your hat. I gotta, I gotta get with the, I gotta get with the program. There we go, right there. There you go. There you all go. All right, all right. Yeah, man. I, I think, I think, um, Odell, even though he's a great talent, I don't think he fits us. As far as I think we're a little too conservative, and I think he had the same issue by not getting the ball. I mean, Debo getting all the, all the attention right now, and, and you know we crying about how you not getting any touches, and so you know I don't think Jimmy is the quarterback for him. Um, with that, but also I, I, I want to run something by you, man. You know, with McGlinchey struggling at right tackle, it, it now am I being far fetched to think he could move down to, to right guard and then Jalen Moore could be at right tackle? And also, Ooh. one more thing, one more thing. Also, too, I have a problem with the defense, seem like we give up contain too much. I mean, you got sometimes Bosa take an inside like his path on the inside rush and nobody's out there for contain, especially his mobile quarterbacks. You know, I, I sometimes seem like I, I, I got a serious issue with that. But but just just see just see what you think about those two two um thoughts. All right. So All right, the so first one with uh Mike McGlinchey. And do you hear an echo? Like a slight echo? Uh, no, I'm good. I I'm, I'm good. Okay. Uh so the first one with Mike McGlinchey, I think sometimes People focus a little bit too much on like the negative play, but I I think he's I don't think he's as bad. Yeah, hold on, I can, I can hear that echo. It's kind of crazy right now, and they hear it in the chat too. It's on me. It's me. The echo. Hold on, let me bring you off and then bring you back on and see. If okay, that's cool. One second. Yeah, that echo is killing me. Is it me? Hello, hello, hello. It's me. Yeah, see, no echo. Now. But let me bring them back on. Let's see. Hold on. All right. Is the echo back? Oh, it's there still. Is it my is it my volume cloud or what? I don't know what's try try to put yourself on mute while I'm talking. All right. All right. How about now? There we go. All right, we're good. Okay, so um, real quick, yeah. So as far as it goes with Mike McGlinchy, McGlinchy. When they drafted him, really the kind of scouting report on him was that he was a terrific run blocker, really good run blocker, high-level run blocker, but had to improve in the passing game. So they kind of knew what they were getting from him when they drafted in the area that he needed to improve. Right away, he helped in the run game with everything that he did. And he kind of was the opposite of Trent Brown. Remember, they had Trent Brown at that time. So he was the opposite of Trent Brown, who Trent Brown was a legit pass blocker, but struggled a little bit to um, move out in space. And that was the big – that was kind of – the give and take that you were getting uh, from going from McGlinchey to Trent Brown. And I think at the end of the day, a team that wants to be more of a run-heavy team, they wanted to at least get that part down. And you know what? We'll kind of piece together the passing game aspect of it for Mike McGlinchey. So when I watch him, 
there's definitely some inconsistencies. And I, I don't know if it's because he's so big. So moving him down inside, you typically don't see guards that are six foot eight, right? Uh, tackles, you, you'll see a tackle that's really tall like that, really long like that. But guards, you don't see as much. And his biggest issue is that he struggles a little bit with the anchor, right? Like being able to anchor down. And I think the big part of reason, part of the reason why he struggles so much with that is because he's just so tall. He's so stretched out. So, you know, in football, the, the saying is low man wins. All right. So he's always the high man just because, just because of how tall he is. So I think sometimes he gets knocked off balance a little bit. He gets pushed back a little bit. And I'm not sure exactly what he could do about it, but I know if they move him inside, I think it might be even more of an issue because people right off the bat are going to be able to get right underneath him from the jump. I think that, that, uh, He'll struggle a little bit inside. That's just kind of how I view that. Could be wrong. Uh, maybe somebody could find a guard that is six foot eight and plays well. But I think with the expectations that's put on him to be like a legit, hey, you were the number nine overall pick. I don't think he'll live up to that, especially at the guard position. I think at tackle, he's been fine. Uh, terrific in the run game for the most part. Inconsistent in the passing game. But for most of the games, he puts together good stuff. He does have those couple reps a game where it's just like, oh, man, that was really ugly, McGlitchy. As far as the defense and containment, it seems like they have been doing very pretty good with containing the quarterbacks. I know Russell Wilson, he got out on the edge one time, gashed him on that play where he outran, uh, he outran Javon Kinlaw to the end zone. So he had that play. But aside from that, they did a good job containing Russell Wilson. Obviously did a great job containing Kyler Murray, but then they definitely lost containment big time against Justin Fields. And Justin Fields was quick. He was decisive with when he wanted to take off. He bootlegged. I saw a couple times guys crash down too hard, and he bootleg out, and it's just like open season, and he run for 16, 17 yards. So uh, I think they'll put more emphasis. And, and here's the tough thing with that. Before that game, Justin Fields wasn't running. So I don't know if they were thinking, well, he's not really taking off. He's not taking advantage of it, so we could be a little bit more aggressive with how we play against him. But that was his kind of coming out party as a rusher, and a lot of it had to do with because of how the 49ers played him. I'll take you off. I'll take you off mute now. Right, right. Okay, yeah, that, that's mm-hmm. understandable about McGlinchey. You're right. The low man wins in football, so I, I totally get that. And, yeah, I, I guess just sometimes to me, like especially, you know, it seems like sometimes you have to account for the mobile quarterback, whether they've been running or not. And I know a lot of times when – when I see it, like I said, the DN crashes in, especially when uh, sometimes when when they have Armstead playing on the edge, I'm like, and he crashed in, like there's no help at all, and you know, but but I get it, you know, but overall defense is it, it was playing pretty good, but but I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on, Croc. All right, appreciate my guy coming on. Hope he comes on more, man. Uh, great insight. I should have asked him. Oh, Ray, real quick, TG, stay on, stay on. Yeah. Yo, I'm put you on mute. I have a question. So I'm I'm pretty sure you've been a 49er for a long time, and I'm seeing people ask about it in the in the chat. All right. So you got Joe Montana. I didn't quite see Joe Montana's uh exact quotes, but I know it's something to the lines of liking Mac Jones over Trey Lance. I, I didn't see exactly what he said. Um real quick, tell us a little bit about the situation back in the 80s with Joe Montana and Steve Young, and what kind of that transition was like. Yeah, you know, I was a Montana guy, you know. um, I mean, I understood, I guess, you know, Walsh's mentality was always get rid of a guy too 
like a year or two too early before too late. And I understand you have, a, you know, you got young, you know, back there who showed when Montana was hurt that he was capable of being the next guy. Um, so, you know, I get it. You know, I, 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 I get it with the with the Montana, uh, you know, young situation. But I was a Montana guy. I thought Joe was clutch. I, I, I felt that a couple of NFC championships against Dallas that that Steve just didn't step up, you know. But, um, you know, yeah, and I, I did see that. I didn't read the quote, but I saw the headline where Montana preferred, you know, Matt Jones over, you know, Trey. You know, and, and, and like I said before, I thought Matt Jones, I thought he's a good quarterback. I just preferred Trey for his legs and just able to do more. But I knew Matt would probably come in the league, probably, you know, hit the ground running before everybody else because of situation he'd be in with New England. And probably even with us, because I thought, I thought Matt was better than Jimmy, in my opinion. You know, I thought, you know, but I just thought the ceiling is so low for Matt. And I thought that if you look at it three years from now, I think maybe Trey might be a maybe an NFL MVP candidate versus where Matt would be. And so I just think the upside is too high, in my opinion. And plus, I know we talk, we've heard before about what um, um, Allen, Josh Allen did to us on that Monday night. And I think that I think that opened Trey's, I mean, uh, Kyle's eyes about, wow, you know, what a quarterback with that type of skill set can do. So, you know, but yeah, but but, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm still a trade guy. I'm, I'm with you. I thought I'm thinking from what we get from Jimmy, I, I think um, Trey should have started day one. And, and by now he would be rolling. And, you know, but, you know, I guess, you know, you know, I'm, I'm in a trade camp and I was a Montana guy. So, you know. All right. All right. Well, that was what I, I wanted to ask that question because I knew you were uh, close to the situation. Thanks for the insight, man. I appreciate you coming on. All right. Um, I'll kind of give my thoughts on the, the, the quote. Again, I haven't seen it. So if somebody can maybe come on and tell me a little bit more about what exactly was said, but I'll give kind of my take on that whole thing. And, and for some reason, it's it's still like this polarizing kind of conversation. And you look at that situation, you look at um, Trey Lance, you know, drafting Trey Lance over Mac Jones. You see what Mac Jones is doing right now. And this this is this is just me. All right. This is just me. And I was someone who did not – I saw a lot of pushback on Mac Jones as someone that, like, was not good. And that was that was never the case, and that never was my thought process, and that never was something that I thought uh, was a valid point. And really, anybody that said that Mac Jones was not good, I wouldn't even – I wouldn't even listen to those type of people, all right? It was very clear that Mac Jones was – talented and it was very clear that Matt Jones uh had a certain area uh played the played the quarterback position at a high level right like he was extremely efficient I I have notes on Matt Jones matter of fact I talked about Matt Jones before really it was like one game in and I had watched him in the in the offseason I watched him against Michigan and I and I did a whole breakdown if you guys go to my Twitter account there's this thing called moments I did a whole breakdown on Mac Jones and my breakdown was like really in awe with his pocket movement, his pocket mobility, uh, the ability to keep his eyes up the field, uh, the, the ability to stand in there and, and make throws while getting hit. Yes. He had a lot of things that were, you know, definitely an ideal situation for Mac Jones in, uh, in, you know, at Alabama, 
but uh, when watching him in that previous year against Michigan in that bowl game, I'm like, if you want to watch Mac Jones under pressure, watch that game. Like, he maneuvered through the pressure extremely well. I thought he did a really good job and showed, like, look, I can be a really good quarterback. All right, I can be a really good quarterback. See somebody talk about ball placement. The ball placement was terrific more times than not. Decision-making was on point more times than not. All right, there were a lot of things to really like about him. Now, when I push back with Mac Jones, and this was always going to be the pushback with him, there is, he, he can move well. He can scramble for eight yards, nine yards. He can. I think he could do that better than people give him credit for. But you can also see, also see like certain areas where it's like, man, I thought he threw a terrific deep ball, right? I said it, uh, everybody quotes my air that hole out. Where do y'all think that came from? When, when I, when uh, people, if you'll see me retweet it sometimes when people say that to me, like, Croc, air that hole out. Somebody even made it into a, a gift. That came from me talking about Mac Jones because I was saying that, like, yeah, he doesn't have, like, the biggest arm, but he will air that hole out. And everybody just thought that was the funniest thing ever. But um, I like Mac Jones. So let me start by saying that. All right. And I probably was on him. If you look at the, if you look at the dates, people talking about Mac Jones, I'm pretty sure I was on it before anybody else from either 49ers stuff or other people. I was on it pretty quick. Really like Mac Jones. Now, with you knowing that I am somebody that really liked Mac Jones, I would not have drafted Mac Jones over Trey Lance. And again, this is not me saying Mac Jones is sorry. This is not me saying he's not going to be good or wouldn't be a good pro. I just would not have done it. <laughs> I wouldn't have done it in no scenario. All right. I look at Mac Jones and I think he's going to be real good. And what I try to do is I try to look at it in situations like, what is this guy most likely going to be, right? Because uh, we could look at the high end of something, but there's also a low end, and there's something that kind of falls in between. And I looked at Mac Jones, and I'm like, all right, I, I see the Drew Brees. I see the potential to be a Drew Brees or something. Or uh, I hate saying that because it comes off that, you know, it's like dude's a Hall of Famer. But I see the potential to be somebody that's extremely high-efficient passer, and even Drew Brees doesn't have, like, the biggest of arms, but really good quarterback. Obviously, Drew Brees did that at a high level for a really long time. I see Mac Jones having the ability to do, to do that. But more times than not, those guys end up in more of a lane like a Baker Mayfield, right, who Odell Beckham wants nothing to do with. Uh, a Kirk Cousins, who Stephon Diggs wanted nothing to do with, right? Like It's like, get me out of here. I don't want to play with this guy. Even though I think Kirk Cousins is fine. Uh when you look at that type of quarterback, there's there's kind of like this ceiling, like this cap for the most part, unless you're Tom Brady. And at the end of the day, that's that's fine because nobody wins Super Bowls more than Tom Brady. <laughs> and even we could talk about the guys that are elusive. We could talk about, about the guys that hurt guys. Most of these guys only got one Super Bowl no matter who they are, whether it's Drew Brees, whether it's Russell Wilson, right? Russell Wilson has all the mobility and stuff. Drew Brees, not so much, but... They still both only have one Super Bowl, right? So at the end of the day, kind of how do you want to affect games on a week-by-week -week basis, all right? And from that standpoint, I would prefer someone that just poses more challenges on a week-to-week -week basis. Now, again, that's just my kind of what I prefer, uh, just looking at guys I've played with or guys I've played against. That has nothing to do. That's not a knock on Mac Jones because if I was sitting at 12 and the other guys were gone, I would 100% take Mac Jones and would not have any issues with that. 
if even if 49ers end up training six and the other guys were gone, I would trade Mac Jones and I would be perfectly fine with that. So this is not me being like, oh man, like I don't like Mac Jones or anything like that. I think Mac Jones is a terrific quarterback, but I like dynamic guys. I like watching dynamic guys. I would I can't wait to cover a dynamic guy, right? I like guys with high upside, high ability. So again, and I think the top 10 is for guys with elite physical traits because you can grow the mental aspect of the games. You can't grow the elite physical traits. So typically when you have an opportunity to get guys like that, that have those type of traits, typically you go for it. Does that mean that it's going to work out? No. Does that mean that Mac Jones won't be better than the other guys? No. But you take that chance. And again, I look at it like you can look at Baker Mayfield and everything he did at Oklahoma, and he was terrific, and he was accurate, and he he threw the ball well, and the ball came out of his hands well, and what he was, and they drafted him, the, the Browns drafted him number one overall, and he's probably more like what I thought he would be, as opposed to Josh Allen, who was all traits, right? But I I wouldn't have drafted Josh Allen. I would have went the other way, too. I probably would have drafted Josh Rosen over Josh Allen. But when you see what he's become, and I'm not saying that that's what Trey Lance is going to become, but just the ability and the upside and how that, uh, you know, threatens defenses on a week-to-week basis is just a little bit more intriguing to me. So that that that's just kind of my thought process on that. So when it goes to uh, what Montana said, and again, I don't want to butcher it because I don't know exactly what Montana said, but I know it was along the lines of he liked Mac Jones over Trey Lance. I don't know. That's what the headlines made it read. And to me, it's like, all right, that's cool. But we'll we'll see. Time will tell. Time will tell. I love the I love the Lance pick. Uh I'm really excited about him. I've seen a lot of uh positive things from his game. Obviously, a lot of things he can improve on, but 100 percent uh happy with with uh Trey Lance. And I have like no ounce of like regret or anything that the 49ers took him. Love the pick. Love it. All right, here we go. Joining now, I got my guy Doughboy coming on. Doughboy, Doughboy. What's good, man? Hey, good morning, Frank. How you doing? Oh, man, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. How you doing? Oh, hold on. Your, your, your sound is off. Hold on. Your sound is off. It's like a, like a, like a robot. How about now? That's better. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. Oh no, uh. boy. Um, try to. I, I don't know if you can maybe put some headphones in or something and see if if that'll fix the issue. But there is definitely kind of like a little connection issue going on there. Once you uh, if you put some headphones in, let me know. Just hit the private chat, and then I'll bring you right back on. Someone said that it's the internet service. But yeah, appreciate everybody that's in the chat right now. We got around 200 people. Make sure if you haven't already, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe. If you're not subscribed, make sure you guys subscribe right now to like this video. Click down the chat. I see the chat going up. Everybody has their opinions. I'm going to drop the link again. Here we go. And boom, you feel free to uh, join the conversation. So yeah, Doughboy, they're saying you have bad connection. So you got to uh, you know, kind of figure that out. Somebody said Doughboy has that Dollar Tree Wi-Fi. <laughs> Here we go. Got my guy Dion coming on. Dion, you ready? All right, we'll we'll see if Dion's Bro, uh, Wi-Fi. How you is doing better. this morning? I'm good, man. How you doing? Man, man, you know I'm alive. I'm good, man. Just another day. Blessed to have that Did much, hear, brother. 
Did you hear what uh, Montana said? Oh, about uh, preferring Mac Jones over uh, Trey Lance? Yeah. Yeah, it's understandable. You got to think about it. Look at the style of QB. This is why Joe Montana prefers Trey Lance over Mac Jones. I mean, uh, Steve Young prefers Trey Lance over Mac Jones. The style of QB is is the typical quarterback, man. Like, if there's one thing that I've learned watching football, man, there there's certain things that are normal. So when it comes to QBs, people like people like your typical pocket quarterback who can read a defense and make plays from the pocket. You know, you only have to be mobile when you really need to be mobile. I'd say probably the prototypical quarterback would be Joe Montana, Peyton Manning types, you know. People don't necessarily laud uh, the Steve Youngs, the Randall Cunninghams, the Warren Moons, the Michael Vicks. They don't put them in the same class as those dudes because they look at running as as a weakness rather than sometimes as a as a gift. And, you know, those are just things that I've seen throughout the years, just from commentators, from ex-players, anything. So it's kind of normal that, you know, he would he would go ahead and pick them. I mean, me personally. I take Trey Lance because the athleticism does pose a viable threat. And it is something that makes you, you know, think twice if you're a defender. You know, if I close the gap on this guy too fast, he's just going to blow past me. You know, if I don't contain him, he could get out there and run. When he's doing this read option where he puts the ball into the belly of the running back, you know, I don't know if he has it or or if the running back has it. You know, it, it gives you a lot to think about as a defender, so it poses more of a threat. And it keeps you honest, makes you play 11 on 11. But, I mean, I can understand his sentiment. Yeah, it makes more sense. It's, that's the style of quarterback he played. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And I see that. And I see a lot of people saying, yeah, there we go. Here, here's a great comment right here. Where is it at? Young, young, chose, chose, I don't know, Chosala, Chosala. Jan, Jan Chosala. Yeah, I don't know how to. Yeah, just, just go, right, with uh, gonna yeah. go with Jan. We're going to go with Jan. Ceiling doesn't mean ish. I 100% agree. Uh, mm -hmm. I see a lot of people saying Mac Jones ceiling is Kirk Cousins. We don't know what Mac Jones ceiling is. That's why I like yeah, to say, we well, really he's, don't. More likely, he's more likely to be this type of quarterback, but we don't know what any of these guys' ceilings are, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you never know. You know what their traits will allow them to be, and that's what one guy's ceiling could potentially be higher, you know, just yep. to kind of threaten teams in different areas because they possess a little bit more natural talent. But that doesn't mean that they'll ever get to that point. And also, it doesn't mean that a guy like uh, Mac Jones won't end up being Tom Brady. Like, you just don't True. know. But, uh, yeah. yeah. I, we didn't know yeah, Tom Brady was going to be Tom Brady. He was a six-round pick. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Man showed up on the field, worked his ass off, did his job. Now he's got seven rings to show for it, man. You know? here's Now, here's here's the one. This is a great one, Trice. Floor, the floor matters more. The worst-case scenario with that pick. and And I agree. And I think that's the tough thing sometimes with guys that don't have a ton of talent because it's like, damn, if it comes to the NFL, if it doesn't translate right, like, this is this is it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, with Mac Jones, it's like, if Mac Jones didn't come in and do what he's doing, which he's playing very well, and if you kind of got that even a little bit wrong, it's like, damn, that's it. Whereas Trey Lance, there's still ways you can – you'll. it's like, well, we'll still have the big play ability. We'll still have the, you know, ability to play with his legs. We can still kind of build on that and bring them along. And there's just kind of different ways you could do it. But yeah, now I agree. The floor, it definitely matters more. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, man, I mean, I like to pick that we got, I feel like Trey Lance is definitely going to be the future, you know, um, once they decide to put him on the field, 
we'll see his growing pains and, you know, we'll see the bumps and lumps, but I think in the end we'll be rewarded for it. And, you know, we can come out with that Super Bowl win that we've been chasing since 1994. You know what I'm saying? We, we've had two odd, two chances since then, but we've come up short. So hopefully we'll be able to get things going and, uh, you know, continue to get, get it rolling in the right direction. I still hold true to the fact that if we wind up getting mathematically eliminated, eliminated from the playoffs, I still think that he, he winds up coming in and, you know, that kind of pushes the line for them to cut bait with, uh, with Jimmy G, um, you know, for at least by then the next season, you know, they, like I said, they'll hold on to him until they can't hold on to him and they have to pay him and try to get as much for him as a draft pick once again, because, uh, you know, the quarterback class coming out isn't really that all that spectacular. So unless somebody just starts to crazily perform, there'll be somebody out there that says, man, we, we got to just go ahead and get whatever we can and see what we can get. Right. Um, when we came on here, then I'm gonna get my guy Bradley on. He's waiting right now. But when, when we came on and talked, we we came on talking about Odell Beckham and the situation that's going on over there in Cleveland. Obviously, he's disgruntled, and it sounds like he's, you know, a big part of his unhappiness comes from just the lack of targets and the lack of him being able to affect the game. And I talked about a lot of guys, and I don't know if you've been around people that are like ultra competitive, right? And the mm -hmm. ultra-competitive people, sometimes they can let them their emotions get the best of them because when it's a situation where they feel like they can help, it's like, bro, like, I can help. Like, I'm a dominant player. Like, utilize me. And then you go and you play Pittsburgh and you get one target, one catch, six yards, and you lose. Guys that are ultra-competitive competitive guys, like, that's not going to sit well with them. And we saw that with Trey Lance. I mean, excuse me, Trey Lance. Uh, Terrell Owens. Oh, yeah. Where Terrell yeah, Owens, Owens used to be yeah. like, you know, like that was people thought he was just this me 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 person, but really his thing was I believe in me so much. Like if something is not going right, get me the ball and I will take us to victory. And yeah, that's, I put the that's, team on my that's back. His thing. Mm -hmm. I will put the team on my back. Just get me the damn ball. And when you're not doing that, he's gonna have an issue with it. And uh, I think that's kind of what we seen. We saw it with Des Bryant. He was that type of receiver, yep. too, where it's like you see him going off on the sideline, but that was just like, look, we're losing right now. Get me the rock so I can help us mm -hmm. win. I see the same thing with Odell Beckham. We saw that with him out there in New York, right? His biggest issue yep. was like more, like more. Give me the rock more. Like, yeah. I want to help us win. So I think that's what's going on. And when you lose and he only has one target, he has an issue with that. But kind of what are your thoughts on, do you think the 49ers could potentially get him more targets, or do you think it's just not a good fit because they don't really prioritize throwing the ball like that? The main issue with the Odell Beckham Jr. thing is is making sure that you know we under he understands what his role is. The 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 thing with Kyle Shanahan type offenses is they don't we don't necessarily uh, we're not a, a a one person type team so to speak if that makes sense. And what I mean by that is everybody gets the ball. If you're open, that's who the ball goes to. You know, his game plan is like, you know, hey, if I got three receivers, you have, you know, three reads. Figure out which one of these guys is open to get him the ball. Just because your name is Odell doesn't mean you're going to get the ball. And it's something that has to be probably explained because you saw his dad went and went off a little bit on Baker um, and, and was not happy about those things. I mean, if you brought him here and you explained the philosophy of how the, the offense works 
and who it goes through, I think it could work. You know, I would love to have Odell here. Um, he's a fantastic talent. The unfortunate thing is these last couple of years, he's been injury prone. You know, he's not been able to really stay on the field. And I know right now it's frustrating for him because he's healthy and he's not being properly used, you know, whereas, you know, anytime Jarvis Landry is healthy, Baker and Jarvis have a great connection, you know, so I, I can understand his frustration. And I'm, a, I'm, I'm not an ultra competitive person, but I'm a competitive person, you know, even down to the smallest thing. You know, if we play in hot hands. I want to make sure I win. You know what I'm saying? If we play in a card game, something simple as goldfish or uno, I'm trying to make sure I win. I don't like losing. So I can understand his sentiment to an extent, but he just has to, you know, figure a way out of there, man, because pretty much they got him under contract and if they don't want to move him, they don't really have to, you know, he's stuck there. So uh, do I think they'll probably try to move him before the, before um, the draft? Most likely so. Yeah. Cause it's just, it, it's an unhappy situation and he's not really being used. When, Don, when Peoples Jones has more touchdowns and more targets and more attention than you do and you OBJ, yeah, that's going to stick in your craw. You know what I'm saying? And it's nothing against Peoples Jones because he's a great receiver. I like him. But it's just, you know, the allure, the name, that that catch, you know, where he put his hand back like that. You know what I mean? Like, it, it there's a lot to go with OBJ. So you understand he's talented. You respect that. But if you respect it as an organization, if it's not being used, man, let him go elsewhere and, 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 and you know what I'm saying, allow him to be able to expound, expand on his talents. I, I would like to fit, you know, because I feel like when we get him, that would be a, a Trey Lance type of thing, you know. And for the injuries along with, um, you know, I guess the, the age, you know, you can probably tell him, hey, look, man, we ain't got no first rounds. You know that already. But we got – second round, the third round, you know, because they're going to want some viable picks for him because they're going to look and say, well, look who he is. We want to get this. But you can try to do that or you're going to have to offer up a player, you know, and that means people start to be on the trading block. So I, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? And you can't offer up Jimmy because Baker's already there. So we can try, but I think it'll be a good fit as long as he understands the philosophy that it's not all about you. And, and, you know, when Kyle was in Atlanta, it was, you know, it, it still wasn't even all about Julio, you know, Sanu was there. They had other options. The running backs were catching the ball. The ball was spread around. I mean, Julio uh, did the bulk yeah, of the work. Yeah, but Julio was getting like two, like damn near 200 targets. <laughs> like those. Well, yeah, I mean, like, like but he was, he, he's Julio though. And, and, yeah. and like I said, there's no disrespect to any players when I say certain things. It's just OBJ has not been on the field. And at the end of the day, the best ability is availability. And if you ain't on the field, you know, you start to lose a little bit of attraction out there when it comes to teams and coordinators because they're like, sorry. All right. All right, man. Shoes. I appreciate you coming on. Dion, I'm going to get my guy Bradley on. Appreciate you, brother. Peace and blessings. Have All a right, good day. Man. All right. See you tomorrow. All right. Here we go. Real quick, before we get Bradley on, I want to answer this question real quick. Um, the only way I see Trey, or not even, it wasn't a question, it was a statement, but uh, the only way I see Trey succeeding is Ky is if Kyle makes up an entire offense to cater to Trey's ability like John Harbaugh did with Lamar Jackson. And I, I would say, my guy, Dolan Knight, and I appreciate you uh, coming on. I I'm, not, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm saying it's that's a little... 
exaggerated. That's the second time I used that today. Uh, Trey Lance took more snaps from under center than anybody in college football. So that definitely was not an offense that was, I don't want to say gimmicky, but a Lamar Jackson style offense. It was under center, turning his back to defenses, finding the guy, throwing the ball downfield, you know, going through his reads. You see him do that consistently. He wants to be in the pocket and throw the ball. Uh, I think right now, if you want to say that the only way you see him, uh, Trey Lance succeeding right now is to tailor maybe a game plan around his running ability. I could see where it's like, okay, we just want to get by. But if you're just going off of what we've seen him have the ability to do, then I think that's completely wrong. Right. One, he's not as good of a runner as Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson does a better job of kind of giving himself up. Uh, he's not as dynamic as Lamar Jackson. But two, I mean, they're just, they're kind of really different. Where Trey Lance is more of like a, if you watch like Dak Prescott coming out uh, of of uh, uh, Mississippi State, where he had things he had to work on, and then the Cowboys did a really good job of taking a lot off of his plate uh, and, you know, still kind of running their offense. But yeah, they're, Trey Lance and Lamar Jackson, they're, they're different, and even their styles are are different. And if y'all want, we can sit, like, if you were just to watch, this is the thing, and I, you know what? Brad, hey, Bradley, this is going to be about one or two more minutes, all right? About one or two more minutes. We're going to get to this. Hold on, I'm going to share my screen with you guys. Hopefully it co comes through uh, clean, all right? And what we're going to do is we're going to watch Trey Lance. And what it does is it, uh, oh, let me see if I can bring it up. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to watch we're going to watch Trey Lance's uh, preseason highlights, all right? So what the preseason highlights is going to do is, obviously, like, that's not real, right? I always tell people, like, the highlights, that they can lie. But if you just look at how he was utilized and look at how Trey Lance, like, made the plays and then look at getting that to be more consistent, that will tell you more about who Trey Lance is. All right? I hope that made sense. So we're going to watch his preseason highlights. And what we're going to do is we're going to come away with what is it that Trey Lance does well? What do you see him do well in this? And how did they utilize him? All right. So I hope you guys uh, uh, enjoy this. Here we go. We're going to go to it. One second. I don't got the little commercial playing right now. Trey Lance can do it all. Boot, boot actions, legs. Uh, Logic doesn't work on trolls, Croc. <laughs> We're going to watch it right now. So, Bradley, just hang on. Hang on tight. All right. So, here we go. What are we going to do? We're going to share the screen. And, and together, we're going to watch Trey Lance. And it's going to, again, it's going to show his highlights. But his highlights is going to give you a peek into what he could potentially be when everything comes together. All right, so let's share the screen. Share screen. Chrome tab. All right, hopefully everything comes through nice and, and clear. And let's go. First play, this is under center. All right, so first play, that's a bootleg from under center. All right, I'll go back to it again. And you guys let me know if it gets choppy or anything. I'm in here watching it with you guys in the chat. That's from under center bootleg. That and and that's a shot, right? 80 yards or whatever it was. 
That is not a Lamar Jackson style play. That's not Lamar Jackson. That's under center, bootleg, throw the ball. So when you start to look at maybe what the 49ers see in him, yeah, it's choppy. All right. Sometimes I know when you do the screen share, it's just a little choppy. I'll try to go back to it one more time. Let me know if it's still choppy, y'all. So again, bootleg from under center. That's not Lamar Jackson offense. All right. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it rolling. Next play. Back against the wall. Goal line. Where's it at? After they celebrate and they hug and everything. All right, here we go. He's under center again. This is I formation power. Uh, little short play action. Hits the corner route again. That is not. That's not Lamar Jackson offense. That is not Lamar Jackson offense. So right now we're seeing how Kyle eventually wants to utilize him here. He just got a shotgun. Comes through spot route. Hits it. Ball out. On target. Good throw. Again, these are highlights. So. We're not, I'm not saying that, you know, this is what he's always going to be, but in the sense of how they plan to utilize him, right? Shotgun, hits the, hits the little spot route again. All right, again, shotgun, drop back, let it go, did a really good job of holding off the safety with his eyes. All right, just, we're, we're looking at Trey Lance like, what is he? What is Trey Lance? Here we go. Now, now that's pistol, right? This is some Lamar Jackson here. And then he takes off. But this is just the added value of having him, being able to take off for a first down. But that was shotgun. That was pistol. We'll say that's more Lamar Jackson. Here we go, shotgun. Ball out. Good timing. Good timing. Let's look at this. When, when Trey Lance... I want to go to that again. When Trey Lance sees it, look, when he hit one, two, three, balls out, boom. It's pretty. It's pretty. All right, here we go. Under center. Play action. Bootleg. Throws a ball on the money. Again, that's under center. That, that's not, that's not a, a, a gimmicky offense right there. Look, hold the linebacker. Boom, he's doing veteran type stuff. So, again, we're, we're watching right now. What we're watching is what do they want Trey Lance to be? And I think... Even though, yes, these are highlights, and this is not what he is consistently. Now, here's some Lamar Jackson stuff. So they want this to be added value in the offense. They want this to be added value. The running, even this right here, the pistol stuff, all that, like that stuff that they want to, uh, the pistol, the the uh, Lamar Jackson type stuff, they want that, they want that to be added value. That was really good right there. I don't know how he did that. Flipped his hips, threw across his body. Come on, Jalen Hurd. Get healthy, man. Good job. Boom. Fired that in there. My guy, Albie. What's up, Albie? All right, so that's it. And obviously, he can run. But what I want to do is, and I'll stop the, uh, I'll stop the screen share. So we're about to bring Bradley on, but and then I got my guy Josh. But uh, what I wanted to do is just show, because he said the only way for Trey Lance to be successful, or if he's going to be successful, is going to be because Kyle designs a 
uh, kind of a, I don't want to say gimmicky, but a Lamar Jackson offense around him. And that does not have to be the case. Does it? Uh, we show, he shows the ability to do everything. Now it's just, how do you bring him along to get him more consistent with doing those things? And, and that's what Kyle Shanahan wants to build on. We saw under center. We saw a pure shotgun. We saw a pistol. We saw a read option. He does, a, he does it all. So how do you, you know, we saw the big shots. We saw the bootlegs. We, we saw it all. So how do you get it to be more consistent? And that's what they're doing, and that's what they're working on right now. All right, real quick, got my guy Bradley coming on, then I got Joshua coming on. Uh, real quick, if you guys haven't already, make sure you guys hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. We're on here every morning, 6.30 a.m. Pacific, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. We won't be here tomorrow because um, – I train athletes and one of my athletes, she's actually a cross country runner. So I'm traveling uh, a few hours away to watch her run. All right. Supportive croc. Y'all being supportive. So um, shout out to Lily. Shout out to Lily running tomorrow. I'll be there. I don't even think she knows. I'll be surprising her. So, uh, so yeah, I won't, there won't be a show tomorrow, but real quick, let's bring on my guy, Bradley. Bradley what's good, man. Hey, good morning, sir. How you doing? I'm chilling. I'm chilling. How you doing? Nice beard. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. I'm doing all right. Just trying to get this job site done. How, how, uh, how's your week going? Oh man, it's going great. It's going great. What do you, what do you do for work? Uh, I'm a project manager for a painting company. Well, I might need some tips because I painted my living room and I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I did okay, but I, I think I, what do they call it? Cutting in. I think I did a bad yeah. job with like the cutting in or whatever. When I took the tape off, it's like, okay, I missed hella spots. So yeah, I got to fix that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. If you want an easier way, uh, I recommend frog tape. You uh, just get a wet rag and you wet the edge of the frog tape. And when you pull it, it activates the glue inside the tape. So as soon as you pull the tape, when you're done, when you just slam the paint on there, it's crisp line. Wow. Okay. I appreciate that. Frog tape. Uh -huh. What's on your mind, man? Uh, so I don't think we should get Odell Beckham because I kind of feel like it's how the 49ers used to be back in the day when we had all that promise with Alex Smith, we would get, you know, uh, random receivers um, like that. Oh, I forgot his name. I think it was Bryant. There was the Manningham. There was the. Oh, you talking about Bryant? You talking about uh, Antonio Bryant? Yeah, I from uh, I Pittsburgh. I so. Got drafted by the Dallas Cowboys, number eighty-eight. Yes. So we get we get these wide receivers who had promise, but then we were just never able to get them the ball. And I feel like that's how it's going to be with us. It doesn't matter if we get Odell Beckham. Like, I think it's the person delivering the ball. So if we get Odell Beckham, I mean, what's it going to be, two games before he gets pissed off? Because we have to set up the, you know, run, and then maybe he'll get one or two targets after, like, the first couple series or something when Kyle Shanahan's done with his 15, you know, play scheme, and then he'll, I don't know, lose focus on that, and uh, it'll just be the run game. So I don't think, uh, I don't think we should get Odell Beckham. Unless Trey Lance is the quarterback, maybe he could sling it out there. But my main question is, what do you think about Trent Sherfield? Because there was so much hype around Trent Sherfield, and he's just disappeared. I kind of feel like he's in the Trey Lance train, and maybe that kind of pissed off Kyle Shanahan because he's just disappeared. Why is Travis Benjamin playing over him? Man, you know, that's a great question because I was watching Trent Sherfield. And it's one thing to get off during training camp, right? Some guys just have big training camps. It's another thing to be like, okay, well, I get off in preseason, but, you know, it's against third and fourth string guys or whatever, guys that probably won't be in the NFL. He was getting off, and a lot of what he was doing was with the ones. 
He was taking snaps from Ayuk. He was getting in with the ones. He was making big plays. And I thought this was going to be a guy that was going to have a role in this offense. And that just has not been the case. Uh, you know, I saw people come out to his defense. It was uh, uh, Larry Fitzgerald was like, you know, when when there was that, you know, hype going on with Trent Sherfield, Fitzgerald came out and was like, everything he's doing right now, man, we've been seeing that. We knew, we just knew he needed the opportunity. And then the season comes and he does not get the opportunity. And uh, it's it's been something wild, man. It's, it's been something wild to see just them not utilize him at all. Every once in a while, I see him out there on the field. He's had a couple targets. He's had a couple catches, but nowhere near what I thought he would be. And really, when I say what I thought he'd be, I thought he'd at least have the production of Kendrick Bourne, right? Where, okay, you get, you know, three catches uh, for, you know, 30-something yards here and there, maybe a touchdown here and there. But he hasn't even had that type of role. He's really been non-existent in the offense. Exactly. It's just ever since Kendrick Bourne left, we're like one of the worst teams on third down. That was the third down guy. Now we don't have a third down guy. Right, right. That's tough. That's tough. Mm -hmm. But yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on. I'm going to get my uh, next guy, Josh, on, man. Uh, thanks for coming yeah, on. Have a good thanks rest for the, of the day, sir. I appreciate it. Oh, all good. All good. You have a good one. Bye. All right, here we go. Got my guy. Josh coming on. Josh has been extremely patient with me. What's good, Josh? How you doing, man? What's up, Crocs? How you doing? Oh, man, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. Can't complain. Yeah, thank, thanks for having me on, man. I fit you I fit you up on IG a couple times. You're good about uh -oh. getting back to me, so I appreciate it. But, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, man. Um, oh, can you not hear me? I, I, I can now. Yeah, for a second you cut out, but you're good. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I kind of just wanted to touch on the Odell situation a little bit. I mean, I would be, I would love to have Odell on the Niners. I mean, I'm just a, I'm a huge Odell fan. I've been a Niners yeah. fan. I think it's good to have, like when you have three good receivers on your team, like I think usually that's pretty good. Like he may not get all the targets, but I think he'll be in the position to get a lot of one-on-one -on -one situations if you got Debo. And if IU continues to come along and then you have Odell, I think, you know, when you only have like one one good receiver or one of two good receivers, a lot of times like you'll get a lot of coverage kind of focused in on one guy. That'll probably frustrate him more than if he has more guys on the team you can throw to. But um Right, I, also now, I agree. That. And I, I I don't think and I see some people in the chat talking about it. I don't think it's a a lack of weapons with the 49ers. I actually think they have yeah. good weapons. Uh, you know, when you look at Debo, you look at Ayuk, I think Ayuk is solid. He's coming along. Trent Sherfield, if they chose to utilize him. Mohamed Sanu, I think he's good in his role. Uh, and then obviously we get George Kittle back. So the weapons are there. I think that the, the issue with me is that they are all kind of the same. So you can kind of mm -hmm. defend the 49ers a certain way without uh, really feeling like that big play is coming unless Debo does something crazy. So I would personally like whether it's Odell Beck. I don't I don't think Odell Beckham is quite needed just because and, and again I would love Odell oh, Beckham. I'm not saying don't have him. Oh, I'm cutting down on you. Uh oh. All right, we're gonna move Josh. All right. Um I I don't think that Odell I like the thought of Odell. But the way I would probably utilize him for the most part, I think will cut into other guys and what they're doing. 
because I do think the 49ers have like solid receivers, especially Debo, of course. It's that take the top off the defense guy, right? Like that guy that is a legit field stretcher and at any point can hit you for 75. And obviously we've seen Debo do things like that, but we, you know, he has to work a little bit harder. I would like to see, uh, you know, a Deshaun Jackson type guy in 49ers. You think that they've been looking for that guy, right? They, they went Tavon Austin, um, didn't work out. JJ Nelson didn't work out. Travis Benjamin, he opted out. Travis Benjamin again. And really, I think what they're looking for is Deshaun Jackson, right? They had Marquise Goodwin, like just a guy that kind of can pull coverage and you have the threat of really utilizing somebody's speed to throw it down the field. They're missing that guy right now. Uh, and I think it makes everything a little bit harder offensively, especially for Kyle Shanahan. So uh, I do think that the 49ers have a solid receiver group. And I don't think that they need a weapon, but it would be nice to have a guy that can bring a different dynamic whether it's a big receiver, because we don't really have like that 6'4, six, 6'5 six, guy, um, and then or a speedster. So I would like to see the 49ers kind of add that type of element. What's up with uh Jalen Hurd? Or are we off Jalen Hurd? <laughs> Here we go, my guy Roscoe's. What up, Chris? How you doing, man? What's up, Croc? How's it going? I wasn't even gonna call in, but I keep hearing people try to talk themselves how to get an Odell Beckham and then not knowing the history of Kyle Shanahan and him being an offensive coordinator where he was offensive coordinator for the Texans, the Washington, uh, Cleveland, uh, Atlanta, and even with the team we have now, guess who's getting the ball a lot? They say, oh, everybody gets the ball. You know, somebody, uh, everybody gets the ball. There's not just one person who gets a bunch of targets. Then what is Debo doing? What did Julio <laughs> do? What did Josh Gordon do? What did Andre Johnson do? He's, what, what did, look, and now I do understand Odell has kind of been injury prone, but again, we're, we're talking about Odell Beckham. He's got talent. I view this as when Randy Moss was with the Raiders and he was in purgatory <laughs> and he needed to Randy get out. Moss, hold on real quick, just to, just to uh, expand on that. I went to a game. I told you about this. I went to a game. My first ever NFL game, it was the Raiders against the Browns. First ever NFL game I went to. And I was really going because, I mean, I have free tickets. But I was like, man, I get to watch Randy Moss. And it was my worst experience of football ever. Randy Moss was terrible. Uh, I was like, gosh, like this guy's washed. He's done. He doesn't even want to play football. Randy Moss is about to retire. This is not the Randy Moss I grew up watching. Fast forward a year later, he goes to New England. And he breaks the record for most touchdowns in the, in a year, scores over 20 touchdowns. So I get what you're saying with you. It can look a certain way in one offense or one team, as opposed to maybe a better situation for him. So I get, I get that. Yeah. Man, and, I, and I just think, you know, sometimes people talk, talk themselves out of good things. So, you know, 49er fans are literally trying to talk themselves out of, a extremely talented player, and and matter of fact, because so, you know I had to, I had to go look up some stats. Kyle Shanahan, when he was with the Texans, the second receiver, matter of, the second receiver had sixty receptions for eight hundred ninety nine yards. Mm. Owen Daniels, I mean, now that was Kevin Walter, the the receiver. Owen Daniels, the tight end, had seventy for eight sixty two. Steve mm. Slayton had 50 mm. for 377. Mm. But Kyle Shanahan doesn't spread the ball around. <laughs> Come on, man. If Kyle Shanahan had, you know, the weapons, that, like if, if Odell Beckham was on the 49ers, 
Kyle Shanahan would draw up plays for him. This is a completely different receiver. We got to stop comparing him to all of these other guys. Like, this is Odell Beckham. Mm. Yeah, that's all I had to say, I, though. All right. No, I agree. I agree. And um, hold on real quick. I want you to uh, answer this. So our guy, Milf Hunter, says, uh, Grant Cohn, OBJ is not a good fit with noodle arm Jimmy. I, Odell Beckham is more than a uh, – Are you going to answer or you want me to? No, go ahead. You got it. O Odell Beckham is more than just a one-trick pony type of receiver. Odell Beckham is actually a really good route runner. Odell Beckham could get open at on any level of the field. He can run slants, and he could take a slant, you know, to the house. He can run comebacks. He can run digs. He can run outs. Like, Odell Beckham is not what y'all want in Deshaun Jackson. And I love Deshaun Jackson. Watched him since he was at Long Beach Poly High School. He's more than what uh, he's more than what Deshaun Jackson would bring to us. Deshaun Jackson wouldn't fit because of noodle arm Jimmy. But then again, Jimmy showed he like Croc, you always say, Jimmy can throw the deep ball. It's about confidence. Yeah. So we can't say Jimmy can't throw the deep ball because he literally proved it on Sunday. He's got to be confident and just, you know how you say, air that I'm not gonna say it, but you know, air no out. Exactly. So he'll be a he'll he could fit with any quarterback as long as that quarterback is getting him the ball. And I believe Kyle Shanahan will draw up plays for somebody like OBJ. It's, this is a different breed of this is the type of different breed. Like as good of a season Debo is having, o, o, OBJ is better than him. Okay, I'm out now. I think probably. some people. I appreciate you coming on. I think some people think that. Odell, because of the situation there or whatever, like, oh, well, he can't get open or he lost a step. But if you, like, legitimately just watch him, and his dad put out the clips of Odell whooping dudes and getting open, and he's doing it, and they just ain't looking for him. They just ain't looking for him. I don't know what the situation is there. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. But Odell, I don't know how many of you guys have been around, like, like these, like, extremely talented guys. But uh, they all have a different edge to them. For everybody that says, like, Odell, I see somebody say Odell is the B-word. And it's like, you probably would not have liked probably being in a locker room with Jerry Rice. Like, Jerry Rice, Jerry Rice, I bet a lot of these pro athletes, a lot of the former guys are happy that there wasn't as much social media and as much coverage with how they were in their careers. Because I, I can guarantee you some of these guys ain't what you what you think they were. And I've seen things and heard things about Jerry Rice being a very difficult person. All right, here we go. Got Joshua back on. We'll get you on before we get out of here. What's good, Josh? What's good? Sorry about that. I had a little internet issue earlier. So that's oh, why I had that. You're good. You're good. But, um, yeah, I, I, I agree with the last guy that I was on about Odell. I mean, that's Odell. I mean – Anytime you can add talent like that to your roster, I feel like you got to do it. But um, I also wanted to touch on a little bit of – I didn't hear the Joe Montana thing, but I keep seeing it everywhere about what he was saying about Mac Jones. And I think it's, I think it's really interesting, and I, can, I think I can understand why Joe would like Mac Jones over Trey. And, like, personally, I think it's, it may have to do with the accuracy – 
the accuracy thing. Mm-hmm. Like, as much talent as Trey Lance has, like, to me, I wasn't super high on Trey Lance coming in the draft season or whatever. I was a Justin Fields, uh, Wilson guy. That's who, well, I didn't really want them to, I was actually a Watson guy, and so I was really high on hoping we could get Watson somehow during the offseason. Right. And, um, and so I wasn't really, issue, like, when we traded up to three, I wasn't, like, super excited because when I wanted Watson, too, I was like, are they going to pick the right guy? And so, but, like, Trey's interesting to me. It's like I'm looking at the quarterbacks in our division right now, and while Trey has a lot of high-end talent, to me, there's a better chance of him being a good quarterback but still being the fourth best quarterback in our division. When I look at guys like Stafford and Murray and Wilson, like Trey Lance just doesn't really – I think it's the accuracy thing for me. Like I don't think he's accurate, and I think that's going to be a problem. Like no matter how much arm talent he has, like I see more – and I love Colin Kaepernick, but I see more of that than I do – like somebody like Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. But right. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, you know, I, I think when I look at the quarterbacks, we kind of got to look at them just, I think we like the comp thing, but everybody's just so different, you know? And yeah. most of the time, there's something about the player that makes him and his situation extremely unique. So, I mean, we all get caught up in it, making comparisons to this guy and this guy and that guy. But at the end of the day, every situation is different. Every player is going to work out different. The way you bring along every player, you know, it might, it might be different for this guy as opposed to this guy. A lot of really what makes some guys have a different level of success, it, you know, it could be the players around them or it could be them, you know, and how they prepare and what their mindset is. So it's hard to take that into account when it comes to, all these guys, right? We looked at, mm-hmm. you know, you, you you said Colin Kaepernick. And, you know, when Colin Kaepernick was coming up and, and he started being, he was one of the scariest players in the league. And then, well, he lost his 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 coaches. He lost the weapons around him. Then he looked like trash. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. You know, so sometimes it could be a situation like that. So, excuse me. Um, You know, Don't all these guys. Uh, go ahead. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think he can be a good player. I'm not saying that he's just, like, absolute trash. I just get nervous with the accuracy thing because I've never seen a quarterback who wasn't accurate just all of a sudden start threading the needle. And when you see a guy, like, airmail it 10 feet over a dude's head, like, that doesn't – that's kind of scary yeah. to me. Like, hopefully I think that I, can figure I think it out. I think the thing but, is to try, try to figure out why. Like, like why is that happening? Because you can see yeah. him thread the needle, right? Like, you've seen throws of him threading needles – and making all the throws that you want to see him. But how can you get him to be more consistent? And maybe, yeah. maybe he won't ever be consistent. Or maybe it's like, oh, well, he's been going through this. His feet were a little too fast. His mind was a little sped up, you know, and yeah. now he's settled those things down, and now he's a more accurate passer. Or at least accurate to the point where it's much more acceptable than over th- throwing, you know, a snap five yards. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. uh, I think that's what you probably want to get it to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, man, I appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, thank you. All right, all good, all good. Here we go. Um, I think Odell is better off with the Browns than here. He will not get touches. We don't have a passing-friendly offense unless he likes to block a lot. Uh, 
he will get the ball probably more with the 49ers than what he's seen with the Browns. And I just pulled up some of the video from what his dad was showing. And um, I'm not going to lie, guys. The first clip, it looks really bad because he is butt naked. Now, here's the thing, too. And I saw my guy Quincy Avery touch on it. Just because a guy is wide open doesn't mean that the quarterback is going to get to him. Now, I don't know what the concept was or what Baker Mayfield's reads were supposed to be. But I know that first clip, I'm watching it. I was watching it just now. He for sure was. He was wide open. Yeah, a lot of them, yeah, it's just like plays where Odell is just like open and he's right in the path too. Of the, it's not even like he's like, oh, look, you know, throw it to my son. It's like, it's, it's within the path of the quarterback and he's still not throwing it to him. So I think that's his frustration, especially in a game where, uh, you know, the, the Browns lost. But, uh, yeah, man, I appreciate everybody today. Everybody for coming on. It's 10.05. Uh, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that like button and subscribe. We've got over 230 people in here. And again, 62% of people that watch are not subscribers. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. We come on here every Monday, morning, Monday through Friday. Again, we won't be here tomorrow. I'll do a preview show on uh, Sunday, though. But we won't be here tomorrow because I'm going to watch one of my athletes run in a cross-country event. So um, I appreciate everybody that's in here. Make sure you like, subscribe, listen to Locked On 49ers. Uh, make sure you li listen to Locked On NFL Draft, all, right, all that good stuff. I hope everybody's doing good. hope everybody's mental is right. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's Niner Gang, man. Bang, bang, Niner Gang. I know y'all hate that. I ain't going to say that again, all right? But um, appreciate all y'all, man. Let's get it. I'm out. Intercepted. It is picked off by Aaron Crocker. Over midfield. He'll run it all the way into the end zone. Touchdown. The Crop Talk TV Podcast. Peace.